listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. When we last spoke to him, it was May. He was the expected father. Little Jack came out early. <laughs> and uh, folks, joining us right now from the Boston Globe is Dan McGowan. And Dan, I really enjoyed your piece on how uh, baby Jack has certainly made you very superstitious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, John. And, and uh, uh, the, the new fatherhood is uh, a tricky thing as I'm, as I'm learning. And one of the things is, you know, when you think you've got a, uh, you know, a good thing going, when you think you could get your kid to sleep for a little extra or, or eat the right way, uh, you, you try to stick to it. So my first column back, uh, uh, for the globe was was just pointing out all these you know little uh, intricacies that you know quirky things we do we we walk around trees the same tree every day and things like that just because in my head at least it it allows him to uh, you know be calm and and, and hopefully sleep and in, in, in those sort of things so it's fun to write about got lots of good reaction I think everybody who's been a parent kind of uh, can identify with that. Big time, especially the bottle warmer. And, uh, <laughs> what I also liked was on it, it would be kind of funny going to a restaurant and, you know, the waitress, when you would eventually get courageous enough to do that, waitress would say, can I get any, start anybody with a cocktail? And I, I would say, listen, we got about 25 minutes before <laughs> this whole thing is about to go sideways. You know exactly what we want. Just bring it out. Don't worry about the order. Like, let's see if we can make the finish line. So we're going to skip all of that, order right away, boom, boom, boom. That, and that's by the way, what it just, becomes, right? You're a man on a mission. It's, it's either that or stick this binky in some whiskey. <laughs> yeah, or it's not going that way. So it's fantastic. Well, Dan McGowan, Roadmap also, which, uh, good job, but you just have a different twist to it. Um, and your first or second roadmap back actually been back this week, but, uh, boy, the passing and it was unexpected of someone that would certainly be known in the first district Boy, the first district is certainly getting a lot of attention the past few weeks and months. And, but the passing of John Holmes, who at one point not only ran a very spirited campaign, I love that you found that YouTube commercial, but against uh, St. Germain, but he was the head of the Republican party. Yeah, it was a guy who, I mean, you you know, I think you knew him for a long time. He's a guy who, uh, he told great stories. I think he was somebody who didn't, you know, he, he kind of got the joke, uh, uh, you know, about sort of an island. He could be a little bit self-deprecating. Um, you, you, but, you know, going back, and I, I didn't realize this, you know, all that well until I sort of, until after he passed yesterday, I found out he passed you know, how much he sort of set the table. I mean, he ran, you know, a very aggressive campaign against Freddie St. Germain yeah. uh, in 1986. And that's, in, as you alluded to, I, uh, I found a great commercial uh, you, you, from, from the, the late in that campaign year uh, where, you know, he's making the case. And two years later, you know, he, he, he's assumed to be the, the kind of the front runner Republican candidate, but he doesn't file his, you know, his declaration papers on time. Uh, ends up paving the way for Ron Makeley, the Republican, to uh, to win that race. And, and really, I mean, I think a lot of people would say he, he sort of softened Freddie St. Germain up. Freddie, obviously, St. Germain had a lot of issues, with some ethical challenges oh, and yeah. things like that. Uh, but, you know, before uh, John Holmes, you know, he had 13 terms in the first district in the House uh, where he rarely had, you know, even even a remote. It was it was a lot like kind of David Cicilline over the last couple of yep. terms, where it was just it was a foregone conclusion uh, that he, that he would win the race. So uh, bad timing too, you know, in this first district race. Obviously, uh, as you said, the first district uh, is getting lots of attention, both in the politics and also the death of John Holmes. It is. And with, with John Holmes, I mean, Barrington at the time was a Republican town. I yeah. think by now it's it's really flipped over. Dan McGowan, you've been on the sidelines. You've obviously been following it. Um, I, I, I would like to hear just some of your thoughts on this NATO scandal that just it just continues to be the biggest story regarding this race. Almost the only story, John. I yeah. think the thing that I'm that I'm really surprised by. I'm actually writing a column. I was hoping to get it done by the time we, uh, you and I, talk today. We can talk about it next week, um, because I think what you're seeing is is you know because everything is is sort of very motto centric. You know, very. I don't know if you would even call it quietly, but very clearly. 
you know, the, the person considered number two, Aaron Regenberg, very yeah. far to the left progressive, um, looks to be in a, a remarkably good place because nobody's yeah. even really focused on what on anything he's ever done. Um, and, he, you know, he's busy organizing and that kind of thing. And I think, you know, look, Sabina Matos uh, had a very kind of clean and clear path um, probably to the nomination here. Uh, you know, a month and a half ago, and you get us this signature scandal where they've they've bungled it every step of the way. Uh, you know, e- even going back to that that original you know first week where she kind of hid for a while, yeah, and and then does the Friday press conference, uh, which which my even my newborn was kind of booing <laughs> as we as we wa- as we watched it uh, on Channel Twelve or Channel Ten. Um, you know, I, I think in many ways. Uh, she has given this one away and I know that you know the obviously she's not going to fall and finish you know in eighth place or anything like that she's got plenty of labor support she's got the money to kind of finish this thing out but I think she has uh, created an opening nobody other than Regenberg has really actually taken the opening that's why I I would say today Aaron Regenberg's the favorite to be the next congressman. Dean McGowan um, someone that worked for uh, Lieutenant Governor Matos took to Twitter yesterday, and do you think was that a trial balloon uh, of trying to maybe a talking point that the reason why is because you know she's not wealthy, she's a female, she's Latina, she wasn't part of the the Biden think tank. Do you think is that um, I had some dealings with him when he was working for the Lieutenant Governor? Do you, what what did you make of that? Because you did respond on it. Trial balloon is a great, uh, I think, a great phrase for this. Now, I don't know that it was a sanctioned trial balloon necessarily, but I do think, you know, look, I tried for the last couple of months to be mostly off the radar, but obviously, you know, you talk to lots of different people. People feel, you know, kind of forget that you're you're on leave. And so you you get lots of calls and text messages and, you know, the under, I, I think the, the, Kind of in the background here, I think, and I would venture to guess a lot of reporters in this market were, were getting kind of pushed this, you know, over the last month that this is unfair. This is, you know, you're, this is attacking the, you know, the Latina and the race. And I mean, you just, you look at all the facts here and, and you, the, per, the, the attacking or, or the, you know, the, the scrutiny, first of all, it's very much self-inflicted, but it's also it's because she's the leader or was the leader in the right. race. If this was Stephanie beauty, nobody would care. Right. It wouldn't, right. it wouldn't matter uh, if this was, you know, a down, you know, someone's going to finish seventh, eighth, ninth uh, place. And so it's, it's hard to, you know, I, I think it's a, it's an easy way to excuse. And I think politicians, candidates or currently elected officials doesn't matter. You, you tend to surround yourself with people who are going to tell you what you want to hate here and who what who you know who want to come up with kind of excuses that will make you you know sort of feel good lots of people who who have worked with sabina matos i've known sabina matos for 12 years i covered her her entire time on the city council she's she's a perfectly decent person she's a good mother she's a very effective uh council person she's good at this uh you know kind of the retail politics and those sort of things none of that you know means that you can't make a you know massive blunder on a campaign as you know, both things can be true you could be a good person and also have you know this kind of thing happen um and you should be held accountable for this you know it's a, this isn't uh you don't get to just say you know uh, well look at everything i've accomplished look past this um this would be a a new story in any competitive race in america in any you know congressional district, governor's race, it doesn't and it matter. Should be. And it, it should of, be. It should be. Of course, it should be. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I think that they're all. I think there's a scramble to kind of look for excuses. You know, the next wave, right? What 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 reporters in 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 kind of the the chattering class will hear is, oh, you know, look, we've got a poll that shows we're still very much in the lead. I guarantee that's what you're going to see in the next seven to ten days. That you know, there's something out there that says this race is you know, completely still, you know, in the hands of Sabina Matos and, uh, and, you know, you got it. I think you're going to start to see the case be made, um, you know, particularly among, I think that kind of the laborer community, I think maybe even, you know, within the governor's office and stuff like that, I think you're going to see this, uh, you know, this argument be made that, 
you have two choices in this race, Matos or Regenberg. Nobody else can win. Right. Um, and so if you don't want Regenberg, then you got to rally behind Matos. That is happening already kind of behind the scenes. And I think it'll be, a, it'll be an indicator. If you see the governor uh, who does not want Aaron Regenberg to be the next congressman, if you, see the, you, know, if you see the governor uh, in the next you know, week, two weeks endorsed in this race, if you see the mayor of Providence endorsed in this race, they've all said they won't. But if, if the option is one of the two, um, you know, I, I, I could see a scenario where folks will, um, you know, will rally behind Matos. The only thing is, as somebody said to me yesterday, and a person whose endorsement would, would play a role in this race, they said, we're all flying blind. None of us have polling. And so nobody is going anywhere uh, until, you know, it, you show me that Sabina Matos is still kind of the, vi- the, you know, the viable challenge to Aaron Regenberg in this race. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. Delicious food and drink. They have a great bar area, always a dependable menu. Whether you're going to eat there or take out, a delicious meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Look for them online. You can also find them on Facebook. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, always a good time at the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. What did you? Uh, what do you make of? Uh, now, first of all, let's just be very clear. You know, I'm pulling for Regenberg because he <laughs> turned the whole thing upside down, and I want to see him stand along gov- alongside Governor McKee, who there's, there's, as you said, there's no love lost there. What do you? What do you make though of this whole business? Now she's she's living in the first district, and she's going to vote in the first district you know i think that w- w- when when you're on the sister's couch on the sister's couch i mean you know it's an it's a it's another kind of silly self-inflicted it mood. Is. I, do, I don't think it's one of those things that like i, I don't think everybody's gonna you know be a diehard and, and care deeply about no. it but, but still. it does it, it's it's a strange decision given everything else you're kind of going through right now that like oh yeah i decided to you know kind of go sleep on the couch it's very, very strange. Um, it is, I will say, you know, and I know on the day that, that the Suns fundraising letter comes out. Exactly. <laughs> She's not living with them. Come on, this is. Well, you have timing alone. Who is making these decisions, Dan McGowan? I can't get over it. Well, and, and here's the thing. I mean, you know, you you, you kind of look at the way this race is playing out. The big question is, you know, who's the person that is willing to? We haven't seen it yet. There is nobody in this race that has been willing to really kind of step up and take a hard swing um, right. and, and, and sort of grab that mantle. You know, the, the chattering class, as you know, is, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, if you meet Gabe Amo, you really like him. He's a sharp guy. He's got a bright future. I mean, Gabe Amo has gone from from maybe 0% name recognition to, I don't know, what would you say, 10%? I mean, literally, literally nobody knows who he is, you know, right now. And and so all these candidates are all, you know, behind the scenes. How come this isn't getting more attention? I mean, Sabina Matos couldn't possibly get more attention right now. Uh, And none of them are doing anything to really grab it. Meanwhile, like I say, you know, Regenberg is the guy who he doesn't need to have the fight because no. he's not, he's not competing for Sabina Matos votes, no. right? He's, he's competing for Bernie Sanders votes. That's right. Uh, and that's why I, I, again, I continue to make him the, the favorite in this race. Yeah. I think he's the one to beat. Now folks, again, speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe and um, Dan McGowan, I'm also just curious in the Boston Globe, there is folks, a uh, fantastic story. How, lays out where apparently uh, the Tidewater Landing people say they do have the funds for this. I'm just curious, you also wrote, I liked your piece about Governor McKee, his education, and you, you know, mentioned how uh, you, you know, you weren't exactly enthralled and bowled over by his, his latest proposal, but I really like how, you know, you said that he kind of framed it as either you're on board with it or you don't understand it. There's no in between. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, it's not like you, this is kind of the story of the McKee administration in a lot of ways is, is yeah. it's either you're, you know, you're with me or you're against me, but, it, you know, you can't even have a debate. And if you, 
you know, look, the, the, after I, I wrote a, you and I talked about it at the time, a pretty oh, scathing yeah. column, you know, months ago exactly. about this. And the number of people who reached out who were very close to this situation, in fact, involved in, you know, the planning, you know, were privately, of course, right. like, you know, you, you nailed it. This is, you know, this is a bit, uh, this is kind of all over the place. Doesn't mean it's bad. Doesn't mean that no. it's completely wrong. Just means that like there, there isn't really a vision. And, you know, uh, I took three months off and you come out and, you know, they give out some money, but there is no real direction here. No. Uh, and the governor doesn't answer any questions about it. He goes on friendly media. He does that sort yep. of thing. And, and he, you know, he can speak in generalities. He's not wrong. After school programming is great. The question becomes, you know, how do you actually translate this into test scores and attendance rates in school, by the way? That's, that's the, one of the metrics that he's facing. And then fast forward rates. Um, I, I, it just I haven't seen it quite yet. And now we're, you know, we're, we're about to start schools. I mean, schools begins in you know, three, four weeks. So um, I, I think it's been a, a, a very strange rollout. And it's this is a hard one. I'm not going to get a lot of answers. The governor will not talk to me about this uh, this issue. Yeah, Tim McGowan. I also want to just um, pivot back on CD one for just a moment. And a year ago at this time, we were talking about the Democrat primary. And when you talk about the the field, when you look back, Helena folks, I mean she she timed it perfect. She did great in the Channel Ten debate. She did great in the Channel Twelve debate. But even the folks people will say they. They almost feel that they, they even should have started a little bit sooner. I, I don't I don't see that urgency from anyone right now in that CD1 field. No, you know, two factors here. One is, is actually the media thing, the media side of this, that I wish we all in my news organization as, as, as well included in this. I wish we learned from last year, which is, you know, when you are going to do debates, and the, I think the two televised uh, debates – are going to happen uh, after people are already early voting and mail yes. voting. Um, that's a real challenge here. And that's what you, you saw. Lena folks got beat, uh, you know, uh, heading into election day and then did yeah. very well on election day. One day so, of. When voters are, when voters have already made kind of some of their decisions, um, you know, these debates have less of an impact. So that's on that front, the, I think the media part of this, I, I think the challenge that, that happens for all these candidates is, you know, the, the, let's say the second tier, you know, group of candidates, I would put that as Gabe Amo, I would say Don Carlson, maybe Sanjay Kano. They have not been able to, you know, when, when they're when they're in some of these forums, they look just like the the like the candidates that have no chance, right? They, they right. don't speak any more. No. They don't have any more gravitas or anything like that. You wouldn't know who kind of the stars of this race, you know, in, in or or the the contenders in this race are. Um, and, and that's been a real challenge. You know, I know all these candidates think, oh, well, you know, it's, it's only going to be 7,500, 8,000 votes to, to win this race. You know, I'm doing my best. But nobody has broken out from the pack. I mean, Sabina Matos is the only person that has any sort of attention on her. Now, it's not good attention. Um, but it, there's, there's nobody saying, oh, I'm the alternative here. I'm, the, I, I'm that, you know, that so-called, quote, unquote, mainstream Democrat that you can, you know, that you can fall to. Remember. For a long time in that Democratic primary for governor last year, it was all Nellie Gorbea, right? Nellie's yep. the lead. Nellie's the candidate. Nellie starts to falter. People had somewhere to go. They went to Helena Folks. And now it didn't, right. put her, it didn't put her over the top, but it came very, very close. In this case, I don't know where the Sabina Matos voters are going um, it, 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 because nobody else has really kind of stepped it up. Finally, before I let you go, I'm just curious your thoughts on how do you think Governor McKee has handled this Matos scandal? Dan McGowan, last year was McKee Matos was the ticket. He's not endorsing her for CD1. This woman, Holly McLaren, came from his campaign. I, I'm still hearing from people that there's a lot to the $16,000 that was that was being paid out and what her role was going to be when when the campaign, you know, really kicked in. It wasn't just the signatures, but I'm just curious your thoughts of how the governor's handled this. Well, he's handling it probably as well as, as you could, I suppose, you know, like this person was involved 
in in his campaign last year and you know in sort of that kind of mail ballot slash signature kind of operation that happens you know i, I would I'd always caution candidates to to when you hear and you meet somebody who's you know quote unquote good at mail ballots you should raise an eyebrow yeah because uh, because it's you know it, it is not something now this again not mail ballot understood just in general when you're out there you know high have a real uh, challenge but Governor McKee's case, I think he's. He, I, I think tr- if we're being really honest, if we're injecting with truth serum. I think he's saying, put. Yeah, I think he's kicking his feet on his desk and saying, "Good, you know, let Sabina have to deal with this. Uh, now yeah. I don't have to worry about Philadelphia. I don't have to worry. You know, I, I get a summer right. where good point. where where the focus is not on me so much." Sure, very good point, folks. He is back. Uh, roadmap today it covers john holmes it's right along dan mcgowan if you'd be and it folks also has all links to all the big local stories if you'd be so kind to extend how people could start getting roadmap yeah we're in that home stretch a month to go before the election so there'll be lots yep. of congressional coverage over the next month uh send me a blank email it's super easy and it's incredibly free ri news at globe.com ri news at globe.com i'll sign you up you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning folks he's dan mcgowan dan welcome back congratulations sound like a a tremendous young father and we'll talk to you again well thank you and john thank you uh very much i've thanked you privately but you sent a, just the nicest gift in the entire <laughs> world uh well so deserved. thank you <laughs> well deserved folks he's dan mcgowan thank you dan mcgowan all right talk to you soon Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot. J, letter J, J Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Online at jperrypaving.com and look for them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, topetro.com. Tax-free weekend in Massachusetts, and the businesses do booming business. Let's get the latest, Channel 12. Sales tax-free weekend starts tomorrow. 12 News reporter Jake Holter joins us live from right over the Rhode Island border. He is in Seekonk with what you need to know if you're planning your purchases around the tax break. Good morning, Jake. Well, good morning, Patrick. Yeah, if you're looking to make a decently large purchase, this weekend would definitely be the one to do it. The state of Massachusetts waiving that six and a quarter sales tax for most purchases under $2,500. Inflation no doubt has some people keeping a closer eye on their wallets. Some people even plan their purchases around the sales tax holiday. Retailers Association of Massachusetts compared the turnout to Black Friday. They also say this incentive gives a boost to small businesses during the notoriously slower summer months it really creates a business type of weekend expenditures in the half a billion dollar range now there are some items that do not qualify for the exemption meals and alcoholic beverages marijuana and tobacco products vehicles most utilities and any single item priced more than twenty five hundred dollars are not given that tax exemption status this holiday also only applies for personal use purchases by corporations or by individuals for business use are not tax exempt but in our ever-increasing online world internet purchases are tax exempt. So for now, live in Seekonk, Jake Holter, 12 News. Now, why is an 
<clears throat> Why doesn't well, Rhode Island have that? Where is the Providence Chamber of Commerce? Why don't you hear anyone right now squawking up and down? I've um, spoken with businesses, and maybe some of you are listening right now in Massachusetts. They're preparing for a huge weekend. They're about to have a huge weekend, uh, incredible amount of business. And, and any, any business, whether a retailer, they'll tell you one of the hardest things they can do is just to get people in the store. And especially a weekend like this, people buy extra items. Maybe they show up at a store and they don't have exactly what they're looking for. But they'll, they'll spend money and they'll purchase it. And it's a, it's a great boom based on the fact, um, you know, summertime, depending on where the business is located, can be a difficult time. But to me, the fact the state doesn't have this is a complete failure by the business community, the Greater Providence Chamber of Commerce. Uh, they don't seem to be serving any businesses that I'm aware of, but Massachusetts tax-free weekend, two states side-by-side operated and run completely differently you also don't have a governor that pushes forward either boy governor mckee governor mcgreed you'd never know that he comes from a business background nothing is ever for businesses there's nothing ever business friendly Uh, everything with him is there's some kind of hitch to it or you know he granted you would think that he's from a labor background Everything is geared towards the unions. Everything is set up, set up and structured that way. But that's who basically put him into office. So I feel terrible for businesses, especially right along the border, where they're going to see, literally they'll be able to see even people right over the border, lines of cars, parking lots full, crowds going into stores, and then they have to continue simply because of where they're located. So... Rhode Island, there's so many little things they could do if the state had proper leadership. If the state truly had some people that said we're going to fundamentally change the state. And and, and can you imagine, you know, Massachusetts, they're just doing it now. What if Rhode Island did it twice a year? What what if Rhode Island said we're going to do it four times a year and really try to build it in? Um, and, and granted, you know, a weekend in August is not the ideal time. It's not a terrible time. I would think a business will tell you any time would be good. But can you imagine Rhode Island if they did it like Labor Day weekend or, you know, you do it before that, do it Memorial Day weekend, something to try to just throw a bone to the business community. But nope, McGreed and the leaders, they won't do it. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. Call them today, Heating and Cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations, you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they're going to serve you for a very long time. They have a great user-friendly website. You just log on at propaneplus.com, and then you type in your zip code, residential, commercial, propane plus, heating and cooling, always there for you. Give them a call today in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. The Johnson family, three generations, heating and cooling. You can always depend on propane plus. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. So Rhode Island Secretary of State Greg Amore, he replaced Nellie Gorbea. He was on a special segment on WPRI Channel 12. And I want to play some of it because he is someone who fundamentally could actually even jump in more and be more aggressive regarding the problems with our ballots and elections. So they do it in the 4 o'clock news. They call it Community Focus. And it's a short segment, but it's actually a good platform. And I want to so play to this. Start, uh, we have some important- oh, hold on, folks. Sorry. Oh, I'm not sure, exactly sure what happened with that. Um, <clears throat> again, I've had some dealings with him. He did speak up, and I'm going to play it right now. He did speak up initially 
and did say that there should be an automatic investigation. I think if push, you'd go even farther. So, all right, once again, here is Community Focus, Kim Kalunian and Secretary of State Greg Amore. Here we Secretary go. Secretary of State Greg Amore, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Kim. So to start, uh, we have some important voter registration information. I want to talk about that before we get into the recent controversy surrounding the special election for Congress. The deadline to register to vote for the primary has passed. It that does. was Sunday. But let's talk through some other important dates heading into the primary. What should people know about mail ballots and early voting? Sure. So next next week's a big week. Uh, the 15th of August is the deadline to request a mail ballot either in person at your city or town hall, online through us, and through our online mail ballot application uh, app. Um, and then the 16th, we'll start early voting. And early voting will go from the 16th through September 5th, and that is at local city and town halls in CD1, other than Bristol. And Bristol's uh, using a, a school, Reynolds School. Okay, and let's look ahead to the general election. It's not too late to register for that. Right, so October 8th would be the deadline for the general election uh, registration. And so it's not too late for that, and there will be a general. Uh, there's a Republican primary and a Democratic primary, uh, so there, there definitively will be a general election. And you mentioned that people can request a mail ballot online. Is that new this year? So that's part of the Let Rhode Island Vote legislation that was mm. passed a few years ago. Uh, and basically you can go onto our website, uh, vote.ri.gov, uh, plug in your state ID number or your license number, uh, and then you can request a mail ballot through that process. And so we, we just launched that about a month ago. Uh, well over a 1,000 people have already requested a uh, mail ballot through that process. Uh, it's secure, it's easy, uh, and all you have to do is go to our website. And when should they expect to get those mail ballots? Yeah, the, the mail ballots will be going out next week. Okay. Um, and so those that have already requested, they'll get theirs next week, and then as you request up to the deadline, uh, they'll follow. And polling places for the, the primary might be a little bit different because some schools are staying open? Yeah, I, I think folks should expect a different primary place mm. uh, than they usually uh, vote. Uh, only because the, the turnout is expected to be lower. Um, and so the polling places have been condensed, and the locals make those decisions based on past uh, practice, uh, and then the Board of Elections approves that. So I, I would, again, recommend that people go to vote.ri.gov, and they can find their polling location on our website once that has been established. I want to talk to you about the signature scandal in the 1st sure. Congressional District race. The Board of Elections earlier this week reversed course, decided to review all the signatures submitted by the Matos campaign. They did that today. Do you think it's the right call? My preference would have been uh, that they did it earlier, mm. uh, right in the in the midst of the of the process, the challenge process. And I think they they could have done that. And I was very clear that I thought they should have done that. I, I'm glad they're doing it because I think any time we have a chance to shore up confidence in the process, we should do so. And, and I'm confident uh, that that this will result in what we know uh, that uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor Matos qualified for the ballot, uh, and that the locals did a, a very good job in uh, in verifying those signatures, and and then we'll move on. And our ballots have been sent out already to right. overseas and military personnel, uh, and the ballots will be sent out next week to folks domestically who have, who have uh, requested one. Yeah, it seems like everyone's sort of in agreement that she has enough valid signatures, 500 valid signatures. But if this review hypothetically found that she did not, what would happen to the ballots? Yeah, the ballots are the ballots. Uh, they, they have been produced. Uh, they're out. Uh, I believe some of the military folks have already voted those ballots and, and sent them back in. Uh, so the ballots are the ballots, uh, and, 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 you know, the news coverage of that will determine uh, what people decide to do. But I, I'm, I'm confident that our local boards of canvassers did a good job and that uh, Lieutenant Governor has sufficient signatures. And just quickly, 20 seconds, zooming out from this particular issue, what lessons can we learn from this, and what do you think needs to yeah, change? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a great deal we can learn, right? As a campaign, uh, the, the campaign should learn that there is a process. They have to make sure that the folks that they have uh, undertaking this process are doing the right thing and know the law. Uh, and then on our side, the elections official side, we, we can tighten up some of this. You know, we, we can make sure that the Board of Elections can review in real time if they see a problem and that they can identify that problem and share that issue with all of the local boards of canvassers. All right, Secretary of State Greg Amore, that's all the time that we have, but thanks for being here for <laughs> Pleasure. You know what's amazing is he has gone farther in calling for reform than the re Republicans at the Rhode Island State House. That's the situation that we're in. Listen, Matos should not be on the ballot. What they're essentially saying is, well, the wedding has to go on because we already sent out the invitations. That's ridiculous. She should not be there. She is a criminal investigation into a campaign. <clears throat> she knew what was going on. I don't buy any of that. Her people, they hired these 16,000. You pay someone $16,000 to collect signatures? 
they were paying them 16000 for a lot more than getting signatures. This all has to do with the ballots. Do you hear how difficult it is to try to track everything that's going on? It's all done by <coughs> design. If it sounds confusing, it's meant to be confusing. It's meant to confuse you. That's why they do that. That's why it's set up that way. The system is manipulated because the system can be manipulated. And the Republicans who are so silent, sitting on their hands, enjoying their summer vacation, as uh, the Senate minority leader said, I have faith in our system. I mean, I won. <laughs> Folks, you know, it's the expression they use in AA, nothing changes if nothing changes. The definition of insanity is doing something over and over and expecting a different result. When we talk about no leadership, I'm starting with the Rhode Island Republican Party. Get your act together. We are depending on you, and you're dropping the ball. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. At Med Urgent Care, walk-in urgent care center. All your medical needs, they're open seven days a week, doctors and nurses. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Again, they're open seven days a week. At Med Urgent Care, when you need urgent care without the wait now, when I've been in that situation and I needed urgent care, that's where I went. If you want to go to an emergency room and have a long wait, well, you're free to do that. Otherwise, do what I did. Go to At Med Urgent Care, whether it's work-related, maybe someone's not feeling well, someone needs stitches, whatever it may be. At Med Urgent Care, comprehensive outpatient urgent care facility. There's two locations, one near you, Johnston, right in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. That's right across from Felicia's. When you need, and I need, urgent care, you want AtMed Urgent Care. Again, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston in the Atwood Medical Center, and 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. Seven days a week, doctors and nurses, AtMed Urgent Care. Hostile Furniture. How about that? Angry armchair. Also a grumpy couch. And now a hostile bench. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Well, this is a first. We'll go to the Providence Journal. When Socket added armrests to park benches, why they're being called hostile architecture. New anti-homeless architecture causing a stir in the city. Dozen benches in Social Park have set our armrests, making it impossible to lie down. Now, that's actually not accurate. If you put your legs in between, if you can fit in between, you can, in fact, still lie down. And that would almost act as like a, a rail to prevent you from falling off. Park is known as a place. This is the Providence Journal version of this. Park a place where people experiencing homelessness spend time, sometimes sleep on benches. Little doubt that the move was targeted, according to the executive director of the advocacy group, Rebuild Woonsocket. It's an act of violence, he said in a news release. He characterizes the armrests as an example of hostile architecture, a term used to describe design features like curved benches or spiked windowsills. That may not be noticeable to the average person, but make public spaces uncomfortable and inhospitable for people looking for a place to sleep. Well, they're not supposed to be sleeping there. This is something where it's sold as a city beautification, but is no legitimate value to the city, said Alex Kiths in an interview. The city should invest in affordable housing. They don't want affordable housing. They want free housing. Now... Now it gets interesting because they start to go to the outside. Journalist says he was threatened with arrest for reporting on the mayor. Mayor uh, Lisa Baldelli's Hunt's office did not respond to requests for comment. Independent journalist Steve Alquist went to the park. He wrote he was confronted by a man who appeared to be a public works employee, saying the unrest were, quote, for senior citizens to rest their arms, threatening to have Alquist arrested if he touched them. 
I think I've sounded that. It's not clear when the armrests were installed. First became aware a few days ago. Vandals appeared to have been taken aim at them already. When Alquist was at the park, a man confronting him, wearing a T-shirt with the words public service and the city seal, asked if he was using a tool to remove bolts. We've already had three people try to remove these. We had to come back and reattach them. You know how malicious they are. Alquist practices what he sometimes sometimes calls advocate journalism. Sometimes. The guy is a socialist. He's as far left as you can be. He wrote for Uprise, noted Social Park was where an unhoused man overdosed on a cold night in January. Again, this is the Providence Journal version of the story. Rebuild when sockets a city needs large-scale fixes. Imagine sleeping in a comfy, warm bed at night, knowing there are people sleeping outside, unsheltered, suffering. Kith's a former member of the Woonsocket City Council, frequent court critic of the city, noted that the Department of Public Works demolished a homeless encampment on the Blackstone River back in January. Yeah, wasn't supposed to be there. The armrest is the latest long string of attacks on unhoused. These are hostile furniture, angry armrests, grouchy couches, and now hostile benches. Hmm. It's very, very interesting. Let me see if I, um, I want to see if I have the audio of uh, Uncle Atheus as he made his way to, um, when Socket installs anti-homeless architecture is the title of it. I sat on the bench. I started my video. What did you say, I asked? You heard me. You don't touch those arms. They're armrests. No, you don't touch them. Oh, you have to sub- I have to subscribe to, to get his video? That's not happening. All right, let me go back and see. I thought I had... Uh, I thought there was a way that... You could actually get this stuff. I'm not. Oh, okay. You have to. Do I have to? Oh, good. Okay. I want to hear this video. So senior citizens to rest their arms. Oh, here it is. What did you say? You heard me. What you said that if I you're gonna have me arrested? What's that? You heard me. You don't touch those arms. I can touch them. They're armrests. No, you don't touch them. Oh, yeah, so I don't put my arm on the armrest? putting a tool behind there? No, I don't have a tool. I have a phone. Lie to me. We're good friends here. <laughs> yeah, we're good friends? I don't think so. You don't do those things. I then, I, hey, let me ask you this. When, when did these go up? We had three of these removed already. Why? Why? Oh, you didn't remove them. I didn't, we didn't remove them. The, oh. The, the guys are coming with tools and removing them. Oh, that makes sense to me. Why does that make sense? Because they were put down to, like, hurt people, right? They were put oh. down to keep people from being oh. able to uh, um, lay down. How do you hurt they're armrests. Uh, oh, they can't. Well, if they try to lay down, it's going to be in trouble, right? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, okay. So. Armrests. Oh, this is for uh, It makes sense. Yeah. That's right. That's the only reason they went in. It's the only reason I know. Oh, all right. Cool. So why would uh, why would anybody want to remove them? We had three people try to remove these. You had three people try or do? Do. We had to come back and reinstall them. That might be an ongoing thing then. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually just looking to see what was. Well, how they were fixed. Yeah. Just people, you come here every day, you know how malicious they are. Who, 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 what kind of people? What's that? What you said, who, they, uh, how malicious, who are? Somebody's removing them. I don't yeah. They're Martians or aliens from another planet. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's removing them. <laughs> All right. That guy is great, the public works. Hey, I don't blame him. Right? Come on. What are we talking about? This is, um, that is, again, Uncle Atheist. Now, Alquist, that is him, obviously giving that poor man who's just trying to do his job a hard time. And the man even sat down and demonstrated that, um, that they are comfortable, that they are for senior citizens as an armrest. And, well, oh, no, no, they're, you can't lay down. Well, you're not supposed to lay down. It's, it's just a short bench for people that want to sit and watch 
Sorry if we don't have everything designed that people could then uh, lay down on a bench. Like, what? why is that? So if, if, if they don't have it that you can sit down. By the way, the way this is being framed, when Socket Public Worker works worker threatens me he didn't threaten he thought that you were going to undo and take off the armrest so you know this guy's just trying to do his job here it is again i want to play the beginning what did you say when you said that if i you're gonna have me arrested what's that you heard me you don't touch those arms i can touch them their armrests no you don't touch them Oh, yeah, so I don't put my arm on the armrest? Are you putting a tool behind there? No, I don't have a tool. I have a phone. Don't lie to me. We're good friends here. <laughs> yeah, we're good friends? I don't think so. You don't do those things. I then, three, I, hey, let me ask you this. When, when did these go up? We had three of these removed already. All right, so the whole nature what? that he threatened to have him arrested, he thought he was one of the people taking him out. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, when you have a pest problem, give them a call. Serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, 401 739-1322. Falcon Pest Services, residential or commercial, whether it is for maybe you have some kind of a termite problem, bed bugs, ants, roaches. Listen, a mice problem. Mice can be problematic. Rats, mosquitoes, many other pests. Falcon Pest Services, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. All different types of programs, multifamily housing, condos, apartments, single-family homes, restaurants, office buildings, highly trained, experienced pest control technicians. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's a one-time treatment, monthly service, quarterly, or year-round protection. You can depend. Falcon Pest Services. Call them today for a free quote, 401-739-1322. Get your yard sprayed. Get rid of those mosquitoes. Falcon Pest Services. Call today, 401-739-1322, Falcon Pest Services. You can also find them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, we're hearing that supposedly the Pawtucket Soccer Stadium developer now says there's enough money to move forward. I want to hear this piece. This is from uh, Channel 12. Tidewater Landings developers, Fortuitous Partners, say they have secured the funding needed to move forward with the project. As we've reported, the city and state have refused to put forth any public money until the developers confirmed they could hold up their end of the bargain. Now, this led to a halt in construction back in June. Fortuitous says they've already put nearly $30 million into the project, and in the last two months, they raised another $14.5 million in private equity. The stadium won't be done in time for Rhode Island FC's first season next year, so that's going to be played at Bryant University's Bernie Stadium. Now, there's a lot of speculation that the unions that stand to benefit uh, hundreds of millions on this, that they're actually the ones putting up the money just to get it going. So now I also want to remind people, the individual, the investor who was looking to maybe try to save McCoy Stadium, he has no interest in the Pawtucket uh, fiasco and this whole business of the um, this whole business of, you know, getting involved in, in any way with this whole stadium deal, which seems to be just like a total fraud and scam. So the fact that they are saying that they've come up with the money. Now, there was no one interested. The building costs have gone up even more. Um, you know, you have to wonder where exactly would that extra, where do you suddenly come up with all these people that want to invest in it? So it's obviously very important for Governor McKee. And if you are the people that stand to gain the most from this, and that would be the, right, the, the people that are going to build it. If someone said to you, listen, if you put up $10 million, you're going to receive, you're going to be able to build a $150 million stadium. And maybe there's some deal that goes on. That, that's still, at the end of the day, that's still a tremendous deal. I mean, initially, they just bought all the season tickets, meaning the laborers. Now, if you look at, okay, you know, the whole idea of spend money to make money, 
if we spend 10 million to get this thing off the ground, it would be worth it because then the stadium is going to be endless need of repairs and renovations and maintenance. And like right now, we're not sitting with anything. If we spend 10 million, we're going to be able to build this $150 million stadium. And then who knows, maybe we could make it up in the cost. So right now, if, if you're not, if you're just sitting around and there's no project, that's how I think, and I'm not faulting them, by the way, if it's a choice of either you don't get to do anything or if you spend between five to 10 million, then you're going to receive, you know, the ability to buy uh, a project of this kind. I mean, it. I think it totally makes sense to do something like that. So I could see where someone would jump in on that. But that's what it seems to be the direction that it's going. Listen, it's still not a good deal. Uh, in the end, the taxpayers should not be paying for this. But I also noticed that Bally's now is going to have uh, entertainment and they're going to have like a beer garden in Providence and they're going to have outdoor shows there. So I think, you know, they obviously have the Lincoln situation and they have that locked up. I just wonder if it's a matter of time before Bally's opens some kind of a facility in Providence. And anyone, if you see, you know, the casinos, when they come in, um, look at what happened to the Warwick Musical Theater. How many great restaurants are around, in and around Foxwoods? How many great restaurants are in and around Mohegan? When the casinos come in, it can be very, very difficult. So Bally's getting a footprint in Providence with this beer garden, and they're going to have some musical shows. I think it's a matter of time before they're eyeing some land and they want to open. So they'll have the two locations, even if it's a smaller one, uh, not to compete with the main branch, but just some, some kind of a, you know, make it that much easier. Those that don't want to drive to Lincoln, maybe they have something right there off Allen's Avenue in Providence. Uh, something in Providence. They want to get into the Providence area. It's easy to get to. Um, you have the people coming from the south that may then say it's that much closer. Again, those that want to go to Lincoln, I, I get it. It's not far. But why not make it even easier? You know, the other thing about Providence is you literally could be moving into an area where people could be, you know, walking. You have more of the traffic of the downtown area. Um, but I, I, I would be cautious. I mean, if you think you have empty uh, office space downtown now, which they do, you wait till a casino starts to come in. Then they start to go after the restaurant business. But with Governor McKee, there's no rules. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Make sure to find the John DePietro Show Facebook page, and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all, real-time, live stream. Just follow John DePietro Show right there on the Facebook page.